0: Jackson Lewis. Welcome to my podcast, World Wars for Kids. Today, I'm going to tell you the tale of tanks from World War II. If you joined me last time, welcome back. If you're joining me for the first time, you might want to check out my first episode on tanks from World War I to get the full story on tanks in both world wars. Okay, so we're just going to jump right into it. It's 1939. Imagine you're a Polish soldier on the border with Germany, and you see a giant cloud of dust charging towards you. When the dust fades, you see hundreds of tanks. The Germans used a tactic called Blitzkrieg, which in German means lightning war. Tanks were essential to Blitzkrieg. Tanks were at the front of the advancing line, with the infantry following close behind. This was the tactic they used to invade Poland and France. As we talked about in the last episode, the Renault FT-17 was the first turreted tank, and the design was copied multiple times. Remember, a turret is the rotating thing on top of the tank, with the cannon inside. Well, in World War II, every single tank had a turret. So now, let's talk about the different tanks. The main American tank was the M4A1 Sherman. It was the best all-round tank of World War II. You may be wondering what makes a good all-round tank good. In my opinion, there are five factors that make a tank good. 1. Speed. 2. Durability. 3. Communications, meaning the tank's crew's ability to communicate with other units. 4. Protective armor. And 5. Armaments, or how well armed the tank is with cannons and machine guns. The M4A1 Sherman is my second favorite tank. Britain's main tank was the Matilda II. While the Matilda was not very well armed or protected, it had the unique feature of searchlights that could blind the enemy. Italy's main tank was the M-slip 15-45. It was very lightly armored. Allied tanks and even sometimes heavy machine guns destroyed it easily. The main Soviet tank is my favorite and has quite a story. The T-34, as it was called, could be built quickly, easily and cheaply. It also had sloped sides. This was important because rather than penetrating or breaking through the armour and exploding inside the tank, shells or bullets would bounce off the sides of the tanks and explode in the air, minimising casualties. After World War II, during the Cold War, the Soviets gave the North Korean army T-34s that were used to overwhelm South Korean and American forces in the Korean War. I have seen a T-34 first at the Canadian War Museum in our capital, Ottawa. It was one of the tanks that participated in the taking of Berlin at the end of the war. Germany's main tank was called the Panther and was very good, but it was vulnerable to breakdowns. In a big battle at Kursk in Russia, the Germans lost 140 Panthers out of 184 in just two days. Most were lost due to breakdowns. The main Japanese tank was the Type 95, but the Japanese didn't use tanks that much, and it was sort of like Italy's tank, armor light, not that important. Tanks in World War I were not the only tanks with problems. World War II tanks were terrible at amphibious assaults. An amphibious assault is where you land on a beach from a boat. A great example of tanks being used in an amphibious assault is at ISD Day on June 6, 1944. When the Allies were invading France, they tried to make rafts with rudders out of canvas and wood to transport the tanks to shore, but all of them sank. Transporting tanks by regular boat was dangerous because they were easy targets. The Germans had built a seawall all along the coasts of France, Sweden, and Norway so they could fire on the approaching troops from above, and so tanks could not get over them. Aside from this, World War II tanks improved heavily on speed. World War I tanks were so slow that soldiers could speed walk behind them. I personally like World War II tanks better because they are faster, cooler, and more heavily armed. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned as we take to the sky in our airplanes with famous World War I pilots in our next episode. Further reading. If you want to know where I got my information, I got it from two books. One, DK's Machines of War, the Definitive Visual History of Military Hardware. And two, DK's World War II Visual Encyclopedia. Thanks for listening. Bye!